This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. We were talking a little bit about uh, my swimming career and how I think the number one test of mental toughness for just about any sport is holding your breath because we had to do uh, these underwater laps where we didn't breathe for two straight laps. And my vision would start to go black on like the sides of my eyes. And looking back, I feel like that was probably not great. Was there ever something you did where now, from now on, you think, if I could get through that, I can do this? Because for me, if I can do that, I can wake up at you know 3.30 a.m. and talk about sports betting. I did do this thing years ago when, it's not when I attended Texas. I was in Austin, and I was a part of this anxiety study because I've always battled anxiety and chronic pain. So they wanted to test my pain levels and it was a free study. They would give me treatment for free as long as I was a part of this study. So they wanted to test my pain tolerance. So they put my arm in a tub of ice. And you know how normally when you put your, like an extremity in ice that it hurts really bad and then it starts to go numb. Well, there was this small motor at the very bottom of this bin. So instead of your limb going numb, it just hurt the entire time. Like it was extreme pain. So they wanted to see how long I could take it. So I put my arm in and I was like, okay, try and focus, like try and see how long you can handle this. Cause it was so painful. And I did it for like two and a half minutes. And the guy who was doing the study, his eyes were really wide. He goes, you can take your arm out now. He goes, Michael, the average male can do that for 30 seconds the average female can do it for a minute because females have a higher pain tolerance than men he was like you have a really high pain tolerance and i was like okay well if i can do that then i can handle a lot of stuff so as one of those things where i was trying to concentrate but you're right there on the edge you're like i don't know if i can do this and you just push through I didn't know that about females having the higher pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's because we have to have kids? Actually, yeah. If I had a baby, <laughs> forget it. I'd be crying. I'd be like, put me out of my misery. I don't want to live. There's no way. Guys would be absolute wrecks trying to have kids. No, I, I absolutely think, think that's the case. You do what you need to do. Like, especially like when you're having a kid, it's different. Like people say that they're like, oh, I'm such a a wimp when it comes to pain. But yeah, you're producing a human. Like you're not tolerating pain to get free tickets to a Jonas Brothers concert. Like you're getting something good out of it. (laughs) If I can just get through this, first 10 rows, it's going to be great. But the reason I bring up this topic is because I think if Philadelphia, the Sixers can handle Mm -hmm. the drama of Ben Simmons, maybe they can handle the drama of James Harden. And that is the big topic in the NBA and especially in Philadelphia. So let's bring on a Philly guy. He is Joe Gillio. You can find him each and every weekday evening on WIP in Philadelphia. And also the co-host of BetQL Daily immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth appearing on the Roman guest line. Joe, do you buy into this theory that if you can handle Ben Simmons drama, that you can certainly handle James Harden drama. I think so. Yeah, look, there, there are different kinds of dramas. One guy totally disappeared, I mean, on the court last year and then literally disappeared for months and months and kind of left the team in a lark. And, and you have James Harden here who's a, kind of more traditional drama. Like, this is, this is kind of the NBA drama we're used to. You know, goes leaves the team and goes out and partying and nightlife. But 
Yeah, I'd rather have the James Harden drama for, for a couple reasons. One, I, I think the NBA teams are more used to that. Coaches are more used to that. And two, Chelsea, he's a better player, and, and he's a more impactful player. So if I'm going to have drama, I always say this about you know, any athlete in any sport, if the guy's going to be a headache, they better be worth the headache. And, and I think James Harden has shown for most of his career he's, he's been well worth the headache when he's on your team. Ben Simmons, I, I'm not quite sure he's actually worth the headache. <laughs> Joe G, uh, so – oh, go ahead, Chelsea. I was just laughing at traditional drama uh, TM. I think it's hilarious that we have a set traditional drama for NBA players. Uh, but you're right. The juice has to be worth the squeeze. That's the underlying theory in all of this drama that we're seeing, whether it's the NBA or Aaron Rodgers. The juice has to be worth the squeeze. But looking at the Sixers in the short term, because we are a sports betting show. So what should we expect from the Sixers team in the short term? for uh, the return of James Harden to the court. And we've seen this before where it takes sometimes a while for these players to mesh. Do you think it's going to be an immediate fit with James Harden? So I think it could be an immediate fit between James Harden and Joel Embiid. And obviously that's the most important pairing and duo. I mean, those two are going to affect most of the game. But I do think it'll take some time for the team to kind of assimilate. You know, the Sixers did this a couple of years ago with two different trades. Brett Brown was the coach at the time, and obviously Harden's a different player, but they did it by bringing Jimmy Butler in around November, and then they did it again, bringing Tobias Harris in around February. And I remember Brett Brown saying, you know, it takes a couple months, at least six weeks, to kind of figure out what you have when you do this, when you bring a wholesale change in like that. And there's not much time left of the season. So in the short term, you know, I was looking at some updated NBA win total, six to about 50 and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if, and, and they would have to play really, really well to get to over 50 and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if they went under 149 or 50. There's some choppiness. Maybe Joel Embiid's scoring average goes down, affects the MVP race. But the bottom line is by the time the playoffs start, I, I think it should be enough time for them to get acclimated. And, and that's really obviously for the Sixers, you know, what matters to them for our listeners, for your listeners. Um, I think there could be some choppiness early. So maybe choppiness early, and then by the time you get to the playoffs, maybe there's some value on the Sixers. So, Joe, when you look at Ben Simmons and his potential return to Philly, this is going to be fascinating because March 10th is the day that is circled on the calendar, and Sixers guard Jeff Green on his podcast said this. Now, will we shake hands to start? Probably not. First, I'd be surprised if he even plays in that game. I don't know where his health is mentally. Physically, I know he had other issues. We all know he does not like to play in Philly. If he does play, I'd be highly surprised. Let me ask you, do you think Ben Simmons would actually return and in his first game go against his former team in the Sixers? So th this is obviously one of the biggest topics in Philadelphia right now. Is he going to play in this game on March 10th? And uh, one thing quickly before I, I give my answer, I, I think it's hilarious and hypocritical that Green is, is speaking out against Ben there. Because you go back to last June, July, when, when the whole thing blew up in the playoffs, he was lecturing fans in Philadelphia on that same podcast about how to treat that and don't boom and all that stuff. He was Mr. Ben Simmons. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, yeah, we know he doesn't want to play in Philadelphia. You know, now that the whole thing blew up, he, he sees the writing on the wall. As far as him coming back, here's my view on it, Jenks. If he comes back to play for the Nets before March 10th, if he steps on the court between now and March 10th, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for him to not play in that game. Like, what, what are we going to do here? Another excuse? Are we going to need rest that night? You know, is he going to have some sort of injury between now and then? It just it doesn't make any sense that he would come back but then not continue to play. So I, I doubt that would be his first game. So I'll put it this way. If he plays before March 10th, I do think he'll play on March 10th. If he hasn't suited up by March 10th, 
yeah, I think they might just skip that one. He plays the next game. So we've got to look at these uh, MVP odds because there's a Philly guy at the top of the list and Joel Embiid, who's playing out of his mind right now. I don't think anybody is arguing that. But when you look at favorites in the futures market with a third of the season left, and especially a guy that has some injury concerns, you know, kind of haunting him over the past several years of his career, and also now with the addition of James Harden, there's some factors in here that may cost Joel Embiid this MVP. Do you think he is still the solid play for MVP in the NBA? So I think he's still the right play, but I, I don't love it. Uh, obviously, we don't love it the way we did three months ago or two months ago when he was 40-1 to one at one point. Um, Chelsea, everything you're saying is real. Uh, I mean, he's had injury issues. He's never been able to stay fully healthy throughout a season. And if he's nicked up at all, I would think the Sixers will, will kind of take the long view in the room and say, look, the playoffs start in three weeks. Joel, we've got to sit you down for a game or two just to get you right. So that could impact it. Um, and then the James Harden factor. It could, there could be choppiness. Also, James Harden could have his night. We've seen this even in Brooklyn where he dominates the basketball. He has a 35-point triple-double. It's going to change Joel's numbers. Now, is it, uh, is it appreciable? I mean, there's not much season it goes, right? He's not going to drop down to 23 points a game from 29, but he could drop down a little bit. And, and I was looking at the Nuggets schedule. It's pretty soft here in March. Nikola Jokic is a machine. I wouldn't be surprised if we went into that last you know, stretch of the season early April and it feels like a toss-up between Embiid and Jokic. Joe, when you look at, I guess, the Suns right now, and I just wanted to get your sort of broad-based view of the NBA because I really felt like before CP3 got injured and he's going to be out for, what, four to six weeks, that they were playing such great team basketball. And I'm partially biased here because I really want Chris Paul to get his ring. When you look at a team like that that won't get a superstar back until probably the end of the season – how does that affect whether or not you would put a futures bet on them? If I'm a Suns backer, do I wait a little bit because maybe they fall back in the second half of the season, get better value, and then once he returns, I've got a, I've got more money coming my way potentially if they win it all? Yeah, I like that last strategy there, Jenks. I mean, the Suns, I, I said it about two or three weeks ago, like, why are we not all on the Suns? This team on pace for about, or mm -hmm. was on pace for about 68 wins, yet the market kept telling us, yeah, they're pretty much the same as the Warriors and and maybe whoever you like in the top of the East, it's not much difference. And I'm like, they're better than everyone. I mean, they've been the best team in the NBA, uh, you know, from the start of the season and now. The Warriors had a great start, but this Suns team had a 17-game winning streak, won 16 out of 17. They've been unbelievable. Now, Jenks, if this injury to Paul was an ankle, was a knee, something that you felt like this could hamper him even when he comes back, I'd be worried. But, but this is a thumb injury. You feel like this will heal, and he will be fine when he comes back. And you look at the standings right now, they're about seven games up in the loss column on Golden State. I don't think they could blow this for the top seed in home court. Even without Chris Paul, I think they'll, they'll win enough without him to hold that lead. So if the record changes, if the market changes, yet they hold that number one seed, yeah, I would jump on them when you feel like it's moving in your direction. I still think they're the best play to win the title. So let's switch gears to college basketball because I think there's a lot of people trying to play catch up before March Madness gets here. We do have conference tournaments coming up. Is this a good opportunity to kind of fine tune your skills for handicapping? Because I do think regular season games play a little bit differently than some of these tournament games. And there's some bids to March Madness on the line, especially for these smaller conference teams. Do you think, um, this is a good opportunity to kind of look at these games and see which teams are going to be contenders in March Madness. For sure. And I think it's even – I always look at the conference tournaments, Chelsea, as an opportunity to look at 
the teams below the top line, right? Like, I think we know in each conference, for the most part, there's a couple that are, are, are still going out to the final weekend, but we know who the best teams are in each conference. You know, who's been at the top or near the top. But I was looking at it like, you know, who's second, third, fourth in these conferences? Because those are the teams that are going to kind of fill out your three, four, five, six lines in, the, in, you know, in March Madness in the bracket. And I, I always get a good feel of, like, all right, how good is this team? Can they beat that top team? Can they get all the way to a conference final? Can they boost up? their stock as we get to March Madness. So I think it's a good view on those teams because they kind of fly under the radar for the most part all season. We're talking about the number ones in the conference, the top five team or 10 team, and we're kind of ignoring that team that's ranked like, you know, 18th or 19th. But there might be some value there. Uh, you know, a team like Tennessee off the top of my head in, in the SEC, I like them, and they've been hovering in that range all season. So I like to do that. Um, and it's, just, it's, like a, it's like almost like a, an appetizer for the big thing coming up in a couple weeks. So, yeah, I'll be watching a lot of these uh, end-of-season games and the conference tournament games. There's, there is opportunity to kind of get a gauge on just how good these teams are. Ooh, appetizers. Now I want some bacon-wrapped shrimp or something. Uh, he is Joe Gillio. He is the co-host of BetQL Daily. Immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. You can hear him on WIP in Philadelphia weekday evenings. He was joining us on the Roman Guest Line. He is Joe Gillio. Joe, thanks for stopping by. Anytime. Talk to you guys. Oh, what's your favorite appetizer, Jenks? Ooh, good question. Good question. Well, now you got me thinking about bacon wrapped shrimp. That was a heck of a That's pretty there. good. That's, like whenever pretty... they have those at weddings, I hover around that waiter. Ooh, I love like a shrimp <laughs> cocktail. You know, when you can just like peel and eat shrimp. And the best is when they're already peeled for you, you have to go through that whole process and you can just go to town on shrimp and just dip it in the red sauce. Ah. Oh. I could eat like 50 shrimp. Love that. I'm, I'm very against foods that you have to do any kind of work. I don't want to do stuff with crab legs and I don't want to peel my own shrimp. Like I don't want my nails getting all those juices in them. Like peel my shrimp for me. Like I'm eating shrimp. Darn it. Like it should well, be peeled for me. I'm uh, the same way. That's the last thing I want to do. I'm out. I don't want to do the work, do the work for me. That's why I'm paying you for this. And like here in Maryland, Crabs are huge. People love Maryland crabs, and they know exactly how to eat them. But you have to eat, like, 84 to get full, right. and I don't know how to eat them. I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I'm, just give me a burrito, okay? I, this is taking way too much time. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.